Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today's episode is all about figuring out if you're playing the waiting game in midlife. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. The topic I want to coach you on today is something I think you're pretty familiar with, waiting, but not waiting in general, waiting to do what you really want to do in your life. Now, I know that you might not even know exactly what you want to do in your life. (laughs) That's a problem, too. And quite frankly, helping you figure this out and get the clarity you're looking for is one of the favorite parts of my job. It really is. But for this episode, let's go with what you want to do or what you want to have or what you want to create. And we'll focus on that because there's tons to raise your awareness about. That's for sure. It's an area of your life that's likely rich with shenanigans. (laughs) And I caught myself up to my ears in a shenanigan just this weekend that inspired me to coach you on this whole topic of your personal waiting game. And then I got another sign too just this morning. So I know this is super important and I know you're going to have some fun. But just quick, before we dive into that, I have a new and free online video training for you that is perfect if you want to find out more about how to get unstuck and live your best life in the middle. Head on over to www.midlifevideo.com and you'll get immediate access to what I like to call the secret to your midlife happiness plan. All right, let's dive into the important topic of your personal waiting game. And what I mean by this is when you are choosing to wait for something that you want. But it's usually not a good thing. It's usually for a weird reason that may not make any sense. (laughs) That is, it's usually based on some thoughts that you're likely thinking on autopilot that end up acting as an excuse for you, not giving yourself what you really want. And that thought is likely creating some unhelpful feelings for you too, like fear, hesitation, unworthiness, that kind of thing. It's not like I want to go to the Galapagos. I don't want to charge it. I don't have the money yet. Hmm, let me make a budget for myself so I can go in three years because I've saved up. That is different. That's when you're intentionally and strategically waiting and then you'll go. Do you see the difference? It's like a game that you're playing versus a strategy that you're creating for yourself. Here's what I mean. Your personal waiting game is a bit of a game that isn't intentional, but it's driven by your lack of clarity around your priorities and your unmanaged mind. Your intentional waiting game is a strategy. It's not a game. So are you guilty of this? Do you know exactly what I'm talking about? (laughs) Do you feel a little bit of guilt because you feel like I'm talking to you directly? (laughs) I have to admit, I remember this realization for me so clearly. I've talked about it before and especially way back in episode nine, which was recorded in 2017. And it had to do with the Grand Canyon. 
about 10 years ago or so, I heard about someone who took an amazing whitewater rafting trip in the Grand Canyon. And immediately my thought was, hey, that's the exact trip I want to take, but hadn't and hadn't even put it on my agenda, like not on the priority list at all. Now, what explains this disconnect? I was waiting for some unknown reason, like it was a game. It wasn't intentional. I was waiting. It felt like I had to wait, but I didn't even know why I was waiting. And like I said earlier, I caught myself in a shenanigan this past weekend, too, that was also mentioned in that episode, in uh, episode nine years ago, and it was related to using the good China, or to be more precise, not using the good China. (laughs) What happened was that I was preparing for a big Jewish holiday this weekend, Rosh Hashanah, cooking, cleaning the works. It's the type of holiday where there's a big family dinner that we typically eat at the dining room table. (laughs) And I must admit, I kind of like setting the table, creating a nice centerpiece of some sort. And this year I decided to use a variety of small vases and my little beeswax tea lights on a pretty glass tray. And to my delight, I found hydrangeas at the grocery store. And I just love, 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 love those. They remind me of Cape Cod, whale watching and all of it. (laughs) So I was pleased with the way it all turned out. So I was doing all the things, cutting and chopping and marinating and cleaning and setting the table. And then I had a thought, maybe I should use the good china. Now, back in that episode that I just mentioned from 2017, (laughs) I had realized then that I had a beautiful set of good Noritake china tucked away in those zipped pouches in my dining room cabinet. I wasn't using them even at holiday dinners. Instead, I chose to use everyday corningware pretty much all the time. It's so easy, it stacks, it's hard to break. And I would even use it for nice meals like this in the dining room. It was way easier and so straightforward. There they all were in my kitchen. And in that episode back then, I asked the question, what was I waiting for? And truth be told, a lot of time has passed since I used them. (laughs) I don't even remember, but I know it wasn't in the house that I currently live in. And we've been in this house for about 14 years, and I definitely have not used that china here. So I ask again, what am I waiting for? So I thought, now's the time. I went into the cabinet, I pulled out what I needed. And, you know, once I saw it again, I remembered how much I actually liked the pattern. (laughs) It's called Noritake Covina. And it's off-white and olive green, and it has a rope border and these cool lighter green raised dots around the outside. Very decorative, the way they're placed, and I just thought it was so cool. So I set the table, and it looked great. And then, after dinner, I put eight of the plates and eight of the bowls in the kitchen, not in the china cabinet. And I really think that that will help Uh, to remember to use them more regularly, not just for special holidays. Why not just a weekly dinner? They are so pretty. Now, you can't put them in the microwave, but they are so pretty. (laughs) Anyway, maybe you're waiting. I, I just, you know, this is a little example. But I want you to really think, what are you waiting to do? Or what is one of the things you're waiting to do? Maybe you're waiting until after you lose weight to do something. I've been guilty of this. 
maybe a vacation where you have to be in a bathing suit or taking a special family portrait. Or maybe you're waiting for the perfect time to finally focus on taking a course or going back to school. Or maybe you're waiting to have a significant other to travel with. Or maybe you're waiting to finally join that group that does the thing you love, like quilting or painting or tap dancing, (laughs) until you're way better. Or maybe you're waiting to be a better musician to play in public again. Or maybe you're waiting to simply play again. I've heard that over and over again. Or maybe you're waiting to write that letter to thank someone who made a huge difference in your life. And so on and so on and scooby dooby dooby. <laughs> I think you get the point. Remember at the beginning of the episode, I got a sign that I should talk about this whole topic of waiting again. I don't know if it's really a sign, but I noticed something and the timing was interesting because I just had the whole China, uh, China plate thing happen. So I was looking at Facebook, a young friend of mine in her 20s posted a picture today of her aunt who had recently passed. She noted that she would never forget how her aunt spoke of wanting to get married when she was young so she could go out and see the world and that she admired that my young friend didn't wait. She just went for it. Now, I have to admit, I've admired this young friend for doing the same thing. She just went for it. And I've loved watching her over the years just do her thing with her travels, her studies, her employment. It's been such a pleasure. And it did really cross my mind that she didn't wait. At a young age, she just went for it. Now, it's pretty common for women our age to wait because we're uncomfortable doing things by ourselves. Not all of us, not all of you. But it's common. I hear it so often. It's something that we coach on in private coaching and in my group, like it comes up all the time. Of course, you don't have to be a woman over 50 to prefer traveling with a partner, but it's common to be annoyed about having to pay the single supplement or to be fearful of doing something alone or to be so uncomfortable about what people would think if they saw you dining alone or going to a movie alone. Like, honestly, it comes up a lot. So if that's not something you're dealing with, amazing. But if it is, you're not alone. But this is what I'm talking about. Some of us midlife gals aren't quite as comfortable to just go for it no matter what. Instead, it's easier to wait. It's easier to stay disconnected from what you really want. That's what happened with my Grand Canyon example. It's easier to avoid the question about why you're waiting why you aren't allowing yourself to be happier by prioritizing the thing you want. Now, as a woman in the middle, you might be wondering where all the time's gone when you still haven't done some of the things you really want to do, but you notice that you aren't following through. And like me, you notice that it might be something that you want to do, but you allow five more years to go by not doing it. (laughs) That's what happened with the China plates. I recognize this issue in 2017 and didn't do anything about it. So I ask you again, why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? And the big question, do you like your reasons for waiting? That's really the big whammy. Do you really believe that it will be easier later, like easier to start writing later if you've always wanted to write? 
do you really think that you should wait because of some idea you have about why it's appropriate? Do you really think that you'll have more time later if that's the excuse or your thought, which might be an excuse? (laughs) Do you really think you'll get around to prioritizing yourself? Is that what you're telling yourself? Do you believe it if you're not prioritizing yourself now? After you finish asking yourself these doozies, check in with your feelings. Do you feel awesome because you're being responsible and it makes good sense to wait? Or do you feel some kind of a negative emotion, something that's not so awesome, maybe sad or less than, maybe unfulfilled or resigned, perhaps wistful? Maybe you feel held back, envious, maybe disappointed or frustrated. Now, one of the main reasons that women in the middle reach out and find this podcast or book a free call with me about coaching together is because they feel stuck and unfulfilled. If you don't allow yourself to be happier, do you think you feel fulfilled? I know you probably don't think about it that way, that you're standing in your own way of being happier, but you are. When you find yourself waiting like this for a better time because of this or that, pick your excuse and insert here. (laughs) You're really not putting yourself first. That's what you're, you're not putting yourself first. You aren't prioritizing what you want as much as you're prioritizing what others want. You're not committing to yourself this way. And more time goes by and you don't move the needle forward on your priorities, even at this age. So the thing is, you're making a choice. And again, it may not feel this way, but I would love for you to really be curious about your excuses, whether or not you like your excuses, how aware you are of your excuses and the result of all of this waiting. The way you feel when you say no to yourself and your happiness. I bet that doesn't feel great to know about what you're doing, does it? (laughs) It doesn't have to be this way, though. Remember, there's a difference between a waiting game and intentional waiting. And you know what it all hinges on? Awareness. Awareness. It's okay to wait if you're crystal clear about why you're waiting, if it's strategic. You're actually allowing yourself to be happier eventually. And you like your reasons. That is strategic, like that Galapagos example. You have a plan in place and your full intention is to do the thing, whatever it is. So if you like your reasons and you have a strategic reason and you don't feel any of those feelings that I just pointed out, those negative emotions, then that's strategic. That's strategic waiting. But if it's not like that and you don't know what you're thinking or you see what you're thinking and you don't like your reasons, then that's a waiting game. And you're playing that game in your mind. And the result is that you're not allowing yourself to be happier. You're not allowing yourself to do the things. You're not putting yourself on your agenda. Now, you get to decide how you want to show up for yourself. You can learn to think differently about what you want and how you prioritize yourself. But you have to really start with awareness because if you don't know what you're thinking, 
you're just not going to get the clarity you need to be crystal clear about why you're making the decisions you're making. So if you want to be intentional about your life, you got to be intentional about waiting. You can't just, well, you can, you can continue to do this, but I want you to really appreciate what you're doing. And then you can decide that you're excited to find out what life looks like when you're finally first. That's a decision that is waiting for you too. (laughs) You get to decide how you want to show up for yourself. You can learn to think however you want about how you prioritize yourself. And if you decide that you want to work on this, then you can. But you're going to have to be aware of the way you're thinking now. And the way you're thinking now is creating negative emotion. And you're going to have to work on thoughts that open the door for you to create the emotion you want to help you do the things you want to do. And that, my friend, is how you put yourself first and move the needle forward on your plans and stop playing this silly game that is not allowing yourself to be as happy as you want to be. That's how we roll when we're putting ourselves first and being super intentional. Okay, you have your homework assignment, awareness for the win. That's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and excited about your life again. If you want to find out more about how to get unstuck and live your best life in the middle, make sure to watch my free midlife training at www.midlifevideo.com and you'll get immediate access to what I like to call the secret to your midlife happiness plan. If you're ready to change your life and learn the skills to unstick yourself with some expert coaching so you can have more fun already, let's talk about it. I would love to be able to help you get unstuck and find that thing you're looking for. Go ahead and book your momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and just look for episode 271. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week.